Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The word for this sixth Sunday of Easter comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Our words for meditation this Mother's Day come to us from the Holy Gospel. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Sometimes when we hear those words of our Lord, we're tempted to hear them legalistically. Especially as Lutherans, we're very careful about anything that seems like it might even hint at works righteousness. Thus, when we hear Jesus say, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, we sometimes think he's saying that if we don't always keep his commandments, then we don't really love him. And that kind of sounds like he's saying that love is earned. Our conscience rightly convicts us when we recognize that we have not kept God's commandments. But I don't think Jesus said these words to convict us, but rather to comfort us. Perhaps some of the confusion comes from how we understand that word keep. We generally take it as a term of obedience. But the Greek word tyreo here is about guarding and keeping something or someone close, watching over perhaps. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That is to say, because you love Jesus, you will guard and watch over his holy law and hold it close to your heart. This is obviously true. That's how it is when you love someone. On Mother's Day, we want to honor our mothers and let them know that we love and appreciate them. As we all know, one way to show your mom or wife that you love her is to listen to her and do the sorts of things that make her happy. Now, of course, it goes without saying that we all fall short in this regard. We do not love our mothers as we should when we disobey them. But that doesn't mean we don't love them. You know what it means to guard and keep the commandments that your mother gave you. She taught you to wash your hands and mind your P's and Q's. She commanded you to clean your room, make your bed, brush your teeth, and many such things. And even to this very day, you may not always follow those commandments, but still you keep her words close to your heart. Indeed, There may even be times when you ask yourself, what would my mother say? Because you love your mom, you really do care about what she thinks. In the same way, if we love Jesus, then we should act like it. It would seem disingenuous, to say the least, if we claimed to love Jesus, but then acted as if we didn't care at all about what he said. Love, by definition, seeks the good of the object of its affection. If you love someone, you don't want to hurt them. Rather, you want to please them. Again, not that any of us can do that perfectly, 
we don't love God perfectly and therefore we don't keep his commandments perfectly, but still we do our best to obey him and keep his commandments. We want to honor him and we try to the best of our ability. But even when we fail, we repent and ask for his forgiveness because we love him. We hold what he says close to our hearts. The reason I know that Jesus is comforting us when he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, is because he followed it up with a promise. He said, I will ask the Father and he will send another helper to be with you forever. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit, who would be poured out on the church on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is, of course, the third person of the Holy Trinity, and his work is primarily concerned with uniting us to God. He does that by giving us faith in Jesus. That's what it means when he's called the helper. Sometimes it's translated as advocate or comforter, but the word literally means someone who is called near. Since Jesus ascended into heaven, he is no longer with us in the world, but the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit has been sent near to us. It is then through the power of the Holy Spirit that we love God and keep his commandments. That's why Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. No one can receive the Holy Spirit if he does not know the truth that Jesus is the Son of God who has come into the world to die and rise for our salvation. Jesus is, as he said, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, and whoever knows Jesus by faith will receive the Holy Spirit the helper, the comforter, to be with us forever. The promise of the Holy Spirit is God's promise to be close to us, to hold us near to himself. He is near and helps us in our time of need by pointing us to the truth, the truth of his word. The Holy Spirit directs our hearts and minds to trust in what he has done for us. The Spirit of truth is the one who enables us to love Jesus so that we would guard and cherish all of his commandments, even if we don't keep them all perfectly. Again, the analogy isn't perfect, but it's like it is with your mother. She loves you and raises you up in the way you should go. She fed you and clothed you, healed your wounds. She nurtured you and taught you many things. A mother is a home. But then the day eventually came when you had to leave your mother and make a home of your own perhaps by becoming a mother yourself or by getting married. This must be the case. Otherwise, you get into that disastrous archetype of the devouring mother. You know, that unhealthy kind of relationship between a mother and her child that's just suffocatingly weird and sad. Eventually, a mother must let her children go. The chicks must leave the nest, as it were. But even though you have successfully decoupled from your mother in the home of your youth, even though you have built your own nest, you still love your mother and she remains with you in spirit. Even if you don't live under her roof, even if you haven't seen her in years, even if she has died and has gone to be with the Lord, you still love your mother. You still guard and keep the things that he that she taught you in all likelihood you have even passed many of those things on to your own children and so she continues to live 
in you and in your offspring as she likely has received all the things that she learned from her mother before her and her mother before her and so on and so forth. Like I said, the analogy isn't perfect. No analogy is. But mommy's not going to hold your hand forever. And neither will Jesus. In a similar way that it was necessary, that it's necessary for a mother to let her child have a go at life on their own, Jesus understood that he couldn't remain in the world forever. There would come a time when he would have to let his disciples make their own way in the world, to take what he taught them and bring it out to others, to bring it forth in their own lives. It was not his father's will that he should remain in the world, teaching and performing miracles until the end of time. Rather, he left his home in eternity and took on human flesh that, so that he might suffer death with us and to win our salvation. Having thus accomplished the work that his father had given him to do in the world, the time would come when he must leave the world so that we would have the opportunity to apply what he taught us and live in his love. He saw that it was good for us to leave the nest and go out into the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything he has commanded us. That's the great commission he has given to his church. And he follows even that up with a promise, saying, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And with that, he ascended into heaven and disappeared into the clouds. True to his word, he is with us in his word of truth. And in the bread and wine of the sacrament of the altar, he has not left you as orphans, as he said, but will come again. And on top of that, he has sent another helper who is near to us to comfort us and to be with us, to give us the assurance of faith. Jesus said, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. The reason that you know and see Jesus, but the world does not, is because you have received the Holy Spirit and thus have been brought near and into a close relationship with Jesus and his Father. He is in you, and you are in him. His life is your life. Because he lives, you also will live. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, or even guards my commandments, he it is who loves me. Those words are comforting and life-giving when we realize what Jesus has done for us. Again, think of everything that a loving mother does for her children. We may not always like it when she tells us what to do and what we shouldn't do, but she's our mom, and you love her and do what she says. But even if you fail and break your mother's commandments, because of the bond of love between you and her, there is always forgiveness and a warm welcome home. There's nothing you can do to make your mother love you any less. And if that's the case, then doing what she says isn't a way to earn her love, at least it shouldn't be that, but rather it's a way to show your love for her. In a similar way, the bond of love that you share with your Lord and Savior through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit sets you free. You have been reconciled to God through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have been saved through faith as a free gift apart from the works of the law. And since the law cannot save you, 
It has become a way of showing your love for Jesus. This is not a burden, but a gift and a joy. Amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glacier Road, Onaway, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onaway, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.